listening to <laughs> Talking in Tangents. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Megs. I go by she slash her. And across the way is my lovely co-host. What's up? What's up, my dude? Hello. Clink. I'm going to turn up the volume. Hello, volume. I'm going to drink this wine. <laughs> Hello, volume. My name is Britt. Oh, look at how high that is now. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Britt. <laughs> I go by she and her, and I'm okay with it. How's it going? It's going. It's going, man. It's been a, it's been a week. And on that note, we should probably just dive into our mental health check-in, huh? We didn't really have yeah. one last week. We just kind of dove right in. But We uh, did dive in. Yeah, we just completely forgot. I think last week we were just very excited we were to talk about what we were wanting we were to talk. Just, we were just so fine. It was almost, <laughs> I think the questions were almost like a mental health check-in in a way. That, that actually that actually checks out. In a way, yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll just say that. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start off. Uh, this week is a lot um in a good in a good and bad way it's good because i'm starting to think a lot about the future and what i'm gonna do which is kind of like this episode Woo! Woo! this it, see if we get inspired by everything uh this episode's gonna be about like future planning kind of what it means to be adult adulting 101 yeah. yes um so i've been thinking a lot about the future which is good um, but with that comes some stress. And so, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good because it's so exciting, all the things there are to do in life. And I'm feeling anxious because there's so many things that I need to address in my life that are not good. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm honestly, despite it all, my energy level is really high. I'm feeling really good. So yeah, I think I, I think I'm just being a human. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm at hundred percent your human CPU That's level yes. for hum- HPU. Yeah. What does CPU stand for? Computer, Computer processing so- usage? Unit? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a scientist. I'm not a nerd. Anyway, I mean, I'm a nerd, H- but not a computer. <laughs> I'm not a kidding. computer nerd. My my one of my coworkers is a big computer nerd. I'll ask him what CPU means, and then he'll. If you know what CPU is, uh, hit us up on uh, Talking Tangents Pod on the Instagram. Instagram. (laughs) Anyway, how you doing, Migs? I'm doing pretty good. Um, This week's been interesting. Uh, I started my job a couple hours earlier than before, so I start daily now at my 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 main job my nine to five it's not nine to five anymore it is 6 30 a.m till three i love that for which you. is honestly great i think so great um to me. without going too much into detail of what i do for whatever reasons i have just you don't need to know what i do but it's manual labor and i get sweaty and it's summer, y'all. And I don't, I just, I don't want to be sweaty. Summertime and the Megs is sweaty. Yeah, I'm just sweaty. And so it's nice to just kind of get into work. And then I'm there. I'm one of the earlier people there at the warehouse. And nobody bothers me. And I put on my rap music. And I'm just like busting out music and lugging mm-hmm. heavy shit. And then I get stuff done. And then, um, and then I get to go home and like relax. And then cook dinner for myself. And feel like a human yeah. So that's been nice. Um, but yeah, work is good. And I think because work has been good, um, the boys in my life, 
have noticed. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Rains, it pours. And so, like, obviously, I'm in no position to be dating. I do not want to date. You hear that, men? I don't want you. I really just want to hang out and chill and do my work. And so if I've ever been like, hey, let's grab a beer, it's not a date. I expect no coitus. I literally just want to hang out with you as a male friend. So when you overlook into these kind of situations, I am frustrated because I actually don't want a relationship. And you did this. She's not into it. Yeah. They did did this. So (laughs) I'm at the point where I'm like, I really don't want a relationship. And they're like, wait, wait, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we can hang out. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not doing anything with you. And then they're like, (laughs) and I'm like, goodbye. But it's been a lot of like funny, like, oh, ha ha. Like, how's it going? Messages on, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm just working, you know, whatever. Oh, when are you free next? Here's my schedule for work. Let me know if you want to hang out. Choose a date, Grab a beer. Like literally, I I literally five minutes ago just messaged someone because he was supposed to get a drink with me earlier this week and then he bailed on me last minute and i was like cool cool um that's great because i had actually messaged him i was like oh hey like i'm off at this time like what's the plan where do you want to meet he's like actually i was gonna message you to reschedule and i'm like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) of course you are um red flag if they if they don't show up for the second date then they're not getting a third yeah. chance well, and that's also the thing too is it wasn't even really a date it was oh, like yeah, it was literally like a hangout but they're treating it know, anyway, anyway so that's fine long story short he reaches out again and is like oh what's your schedule next week and then i literally like laid out my whole schedule and was like monday through friday i work these days wednesday i podcast saturday sunday i'm off at this time like i i I'm at a point now where I need to schedule my life to grocery shop and go to the gym yep. and poop. Like there's there's no there's no small it's okay. there's no small hours of my time that is not blocked with something. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't move things around. I have three Dodger games to go to this month and I made time for that shit. My point is, long story short, is if you make plans, make the plans. I can move things around. I am an adult. But then, like, I, I'm not 20 years. I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you whenever. And then, like, no, plan that shit. Even if it's just a hangout. Even mm-hmm. if we're just frenzies. Mm-hmm. Which is, I will repeat myself, that is all I want right now is male friendship. Mm-hmm. That is it. Mm-hmm. That is all. Do not want anything else. Because until I gain male friendship, I trust none of y'all. And I have realized very quickly I have, like, one male friend. And he's upstairs right now. <laughs> that is it dying every other male friend has been trash to me and i'm just like i'm not down for this like no thank you like i need to actually have true male friends Mm -hmm. who actually like care for me and like that brotherly male friendship that's what i want yeah and if it becomes a relationship great but until i get to that point i'm not gonna be no friends with benefits bullshit oh we're just friends but i just don't have time for it anyway i i hate all people right now that are male but my brother and And you listeners who are male we love you just yeah you're you're okay unless you're my ex (laughs) that's what i was gonna say man i don't like you and your pee pee is small that's our mental health yeah i'm good it's okay I'm just grumpy and tired. <laughs>
it's plan fine. your plan your shit. Let's please. talk. Let's talk about the planning, and so let's talk about well. Before we plan, let's talk about the shit show the world is, and laugh at it. And be like, ah, oh, we have a shit together. Anyway, yeah, it's pop culture. <laughs> Pop culture. All right. So I told Megs earlier that I was going to talk about the fact that music is coming back. Music is coming back. Their tours being announced. The Strokes are going to have a full capacity show in New York City, which is crazy. Especially in New York. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? And same with the Foo Fighters and Bruce Springsteen. They're all having these full capacity shows. Bruce Springsteen. All the, all the rock and rollers. Oh man, name. good grief! Yeah. You know it's you know it's gonna be wild and out with Bruce Springsteen. Absolutely, Ooh. there's no spring Beavis. without the Springsteen. Beavis was trying to claw at some stuff. She tries to kill herself constantly with the outlet. Yeah, it's fine. She was literally clawing at the outlet. <laughs> she bites on the cable, and then she rubbed her butthole on it. Ah, uh, accidentally <laughs> scratched her butthole earlier. It was disgusting. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. But, okay, so that brings me to my next pop culture point. You're not going to believe this, only because when I heard, so, okay, so this, I like, sometimes I like to feel sophisticated, intelligent in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to listen to the news. Oh, and so this morning, much I'm like, fancier. I'm going to listen to the news. And man, I wish I listened to the news more often, because I tell you what, this news update was very much like a like narcos or ozark any drug cartel type show (laughs) because on the fucking news they were explaining about this fbi sting and basically the fbi um created a uh, a company that sells um encrypted cell phones and so they basically got an inside guy. They're like, okay, we're going to develop the technology for you to sell encrypted phones to legal cartels. Right. And so they got their guy. They gave him the technology. They're like, here are these cell phones. They're secret. <laughs> and um, they're like, go out and sell these phones to the most powerful people you can. And so this guy sold cell phones to, oh, my God, thousands of cartel members thousands of them oh my god and yeah like very powerful people and so anytime a cartel member or someone who bought the cell phone sent an encrypted message it went straight to the fbi and so like <laughs> it's like having your like exes log into their instagram it's like That's you get like, to read every dm that would be an epic movie oh my god it'd be such an epic movie and so like it so Essentially, this last week, uh, the FBI read text messages about a huge shipment leaving uh, with cocaine and marijuana. And basically, there were pineapples that were hollowed out. (laughs) 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 They put cocaine inside the pineapples. And they caught kilos of cocaine coming to the United States because they didn't have to try it. They just read That's a heck ton of pineapples. And guess what? 800 people got arrested. 800. I'm just imagining... That is my high school class. (laughs) 
Just imagine. That's I'm imagining crazy. these poor old ladies that are probably hollowing out these pineapples and probably swearing in Spanish and just being like <laughs> these fucking pendejos and their fucking cocaine. Yeah. Like literally like I'm hollowing out pineapples to smuggle your but drugs. But isn't that crazy? That is insane. And so it was, so people, it was so, it's wild hearing it on the news because they're like, this is a historical event for the drug enforcement officers. Yeah. And you're 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 totally right. In like a good ten years there's gonna be a show about this. There's gonna be a show about it. Not maybe not now. Oh yeah. Um, and this is like years in the making too. To like just think about how build the technology to make, nar- to make narcos. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> basically to build a technology to figure out how to encrypt all these cell phones, then put them in the cell phones and then like put them disguise in the them in the cell phones and then put them in the market, but then have that market directly sell to just drug cartel. You not only have to figure out who's in the drug cartel, but then assume that some of them aren't and some of them are. So some of these cell phones it's that illegal are illegal AT&T. Yeah. That's so some of these you, I guarantee you some of these cell phones are probably like sold to some random schmo and they have no idea that their phone's encrypted probably. because they're risking oh this demographic or this area of people has a lot of drug cartel we'll just release these cell phones amongst here mm-hmm. like oh but the thing is too is or did he directly sell it directly to, directly oh, so this is like a company like for example let's say like in the spy movies they always buy their guns from the secret gunman oh so this so is it's the, the secret this cell is the phone secret, man Phone man. So this guy is... And this guy is in cahoots with the FBI. This guy is on the witness protection program now. Yes. Yeah, because... Yes, exactly. And Ooh. also this uh, this company obviously no longer exists because it's been exposed. Yeah. And because uh, that's how they ended the segment. The journalist was like, so does that mean that they can't use this technology anymore? And the guy's like, we're just making a new one. And <laughs> boom, interview over Anyway, that's my pop culture that's update. That's crazy. I thought that was really cool because I'm like, wow, good, good on that's the. A, I mean, that's the drug guys doing shit. Yeah, a lot of years in the making. That is movie stuff. And got that it to work. Stuff. That's rad and also crazy all at once. Oh yeah. man, so <laughs> so my pop culture <laughs> actually. Um, it ties into you talking about Dogecoin. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Yes. Um, the iconic Doge meme is going to be auctioned off as NFT, which I found hilarious and awesome because what makes it awesome is a lot of the profits are going to go towards charities, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. But what I loved is it actually kind of talked about the owner of the Shiba Inu. Is a nursery school teacher in Japan. Cute. And um, the dog, so the Shiba Inu, cute. his name is Kabosu. And um, yeah, so it got viral ten years ago. Can you believe mm. that? That meme yes. is that meme is ten years old. Yeah. Um, but I one of the cool things it. about like the article is it was kind of talking about what you were saying before, how like a lot of memes are now um, copyrighted and being sold and things sold, like that. Yeah. Um, but one of the cool things is a lot of the place, a lot of these people are really trying to make these meme makers actually get the credit. Which and, is kind of cool. That and is kind of mo- cool. And really get the money for it. So like one of the articles says it's important that the actual creators be vetted so they're the ones to auction their work and get credit. We, so we believe creators should get properly credited for their work and that this space desperately needs this sort of oversight. I like that because... Um, I was telling Megs earlier last week, which I don't think this got recorded, but the people who sold the Charlie Bit My Finger video, Charlie Bit Me, yeah. they're now using the money 
to pay for both Charlie and his brother's educations, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, at, so I, yeah, I agree that that's pretty cool that the meme creators are being monetarily compensated in some way. Yeah, so saying that in an NFT of Doge would not act as a copyright, however, according to Decrypt, a website that covers cryptocurrency, the NFT is more like a digital autograph from the meme creator. Mm-hmm. Verify, yeah, verifying authenticity similar to an autographed baseball card. And so proceeds from the sale will go towards charities. Um yeah, so like uh, the recent influx of memes that are being sold as NFTs have led experts to suggest that the market is a meme gold rush. Other meme makers who have sold their iconic images are Zoe Roth for Disaster Girl, Bad Luck Brian, who is Kyle yeah. Craven, mm-hmm. Overly Attached Girlfriend, who is Lania Morris, mm-hmm. and Success Kid, which is Lonnie Griner. Oh, wait, no, so that's it. Classics. And then, all these um, are classics, by the way. Lonnie Griner of her son, Sam, Charlie bit my finger, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Do you have any autographs, by the way? I'm just curious. Um, I'm trying to think if I do. I might have an autographed Stray Cats CD from my dad. <laughs> My dad was really into rockabilly stuff. Um, I'm Hillary Duff. Tight. Was she nice? I feel like I she's nice. I didn't her. It was a oh. Christmas gift from my stepmom. Oh, so do she you know if it, She did her makeup once. Oh, and got the autograph? Yeah. My uh, glasses. I was like, thanks. Thanks, stepmom. My glasses are like the Hillary Duff brand. She has her own oh, brand of eyeglasses. No way. What the heck? Yeah. It all um, comes around. Yeah, I mean, I, it was funny too. I was someone complimented me on my glasses at work the other day, and I was like, "Thank you." It's the Hillary Duff line, and as a millennial, I had to buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, uh, long story short, I, I find it kind of fascinating. But it's also like what in, interests me in the most is they all were saying. So Etsuko is the is the lady who owns the dog, and. Uh, they wanted to verify making sure that Kaboshu, the Shiba Inu, like was her dog. And they said, it's important for Know Your Meme to certify the auction because sometimes people try to mint their NFTs they do not own. Having interviewed Atsuko in the past, we were thrilled to be involved in this auction. Doge is indisputably one of the most beloved and Aww. iconic memes in internet history. And Atsuko herself is such a lovely person. And she's a nursery school teacher, so it's this cute little Japanese lady. That's so sweet. I just, I find it delightful, and it's just nice and endearing that, like, as with any art, you want to get credit for it, man. Yeah. If I ever make a meme and it goes viral, I want fucking credit for that shit. Yeah, your face is everywhere. I mean, if you, think, well. if you think about TikTok people, like, becoming viral for these different things, like... Oh, I have a story about that for next time. Yeah, like, so much content <laughs> Depression is... Depression upon... upon <laughs> among... <laughs> ah! Depression among TikTok creators is at an all-time high. Because they oh. realized that their success was once left and they're trying to relive that success and it's not happening because it's TikTok and there's so many different creators. Anyway. Oh, no. That's pop culture for you. Yeah, pop culture. It, it'll get you. <laughs> Let's drink some wine. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to click record on uh, Meg's tangent or argument against tart seltzers no against tart seltzers against no white claw i okay no here's the thing (laughs) 
I have so much White Claw in my fridge right now, so I can't say I don't like White Claw. I do like oh, White Claw. Oh, same. I but. also like Trulies. My thing is, is I am not a favorite. Like, all all seltzers matter. All <laughs> seltzers like, matter. They all... It's basically the argument that I was trying to record. They're all like, taste record. the freaking same. <laughs> they taste the same. They're all good. They're the all calorie. The only thing calorie. that bothers me about Trulies is the fact that they're like, we're going to add some tea to it. We're going to add some lemonade like, to it. shut up. Like, they're just going to like... don't need it. Like, just... It's... No. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. it's kind of the same way how I feel about like people when they make alcoholic cold oh, brew. Oh, Bud Light has iced tea seltzer yet, too. Yeah. I think I saw that commercial while watching Handmaid's Tale. Actually, you know what? I've had Bud Light seltzers. They're pretty They're not good. bad. They don't. Like, mm-hmm. goes back to my point. All seltzers are taste the same. All seltzers It just matter. depends on if you have a specific flavor that you really like. I personally really like the pineapple one of White Claw. So, therefore, I buy volume pack number three. It's at my Trader Joe's, and I get it, and the deed is done. But if someone hands me a Truly, I'm going to be like, thank you, kind, Yeah, same. I'm not going to say no madam. to Truly. That's also but how I feel about I beer, too. It. If I'm at a barbecue and someone hands me a Sierra Nevada, I'll be like, thank you, kind same. sir. Same. Oh, honestly. I'm never going to be I a... Kinda sp- like, I kind of like Sierra Nevada and Torpedo, though. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Like, I think it's torpedo. It's one of those things where, like, as much as I very much enjoy, like, different kinds of craft beer, craft wine, seltzer, whatever, if there even such a thing as craft seltzer, <laughs> there's not. Um, uh, I am not a – I will never turn down a gift of a beverage because it's impolite, and um, alcohol is a special gift, too. If someone hands you a beverage of alcoholic proportions, you should be polite and go, thank you, I will take this beverage. Um, and honestly, like, a lot of the stuff that really, like, gives me a lot of, like, nostalgia joy is kind of mm-hmm. the simple stuff. Like, if you give me a Modelo, I am a happy, happy gal. I love a Modelo. If you give me a Corona and you put a little lime in there, just a little boop, like a little poke a little lime in there, I'm a happy gal as well. It's great. Yeah. But, you know, Same. if I'm going to spend $7, I'm going to go to some bougie-ass brewery and go and get that. But, like, yeah. Yeah, we're not drinking no, seltzers or beer. No, we're not. I was gonna, I was gonna jump in right there, saying that we are not drinking beer this time. We are being fancy you bitches. You can tell from the slight slur in my <laughs> speaking. Uh, we are drinking wine, red wine. Yes. And I was telling Megs earlier that red wine is my favorite type of drink because I'm always, I never feel full. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel like I need to burp. I am just drinking this very fine, thick, syrupy juice, and it makes me feel like I'm getting a warm hug constantly. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite my stomach. It's one of my favorite drunks. Um, my thing is, and it's is common with most red wines, is their specific. Um, I forgot what the word is. Is it tannins? There's something. Tannins. There tannins. is something mm-hmm. in red wine that will make you, some people flush red. Mm-hmm. Some people get all sweaty. And some people get really bad headaches. It's also an aphrodisiac. Yeah, it is an aphrodisiac. So, like, for me, I love red wine. Usually the mm-hmm. the usually the wine that I buy is red. I think we did an episode where we talked about Snoop Dogg's red wine. Delicious. Yep. Bought another bottle. Uh, eight crimes? Seven crimes? Eighteen crimes. Eighteen crimes. It's, I, have a, I bought a new bottle, and it's now sitting on my bar cart ready for me whenever I want to have another glass of wine. Um, my thing is, is... I can't just drink a bottle. No. You have to share it. You have to share. You have to share. So. Like if you drink it, a wine bottle of wine to yourself, good for you. But that's also very hard. Yeah. I've tried. It's just turns. It, it's not fun. It's, it's, you better not work the next day. Because nope. I'm, I mean, I've had probably what, two glasses? Mm-hmm. Three? 
This is like 2.5. Okay, so this is, this is my second glass. Um, and I can tell you right now, I won't be hungover tomorrow, but I'll have a headache. Mm-hmm. And that's just because of the tannins. I love red wine. I love it to death. It just doesn't love me. Kind of like, um, kind of like dairy. <laughs> like, yes. I very much enjoy I it. I love dairy, too. But it doesn't necessarily like me. Kind so of like, like my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. This is delicious. I'm, it's good. Okay, so this is only a $12 bottle of wine. It's called the jo- Joel Goet. My um, favorite kind of bottle of wine. I think it's fine. Yeah, I found anything from two-star reviews to five-star reviews. But honestly, if you're not... So I think of drinking this wine. If you are someone who enjoys drinking, like, McDonald's coffee or Dunkin' Donuts coffee, this wine is fine. This is great. See, so, like, with wine, I, I'm not picky with my wine. I've tried really great wines, and I know what they should taste like. However, that is a very, very, very rare occasion. So this wine, it's great. I don't mind it. I think it's better than Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> it's definitely, to be fair, I do, like... I do like McDonald's coffee, but yeah. for nostalgic reasons. You know they use 100% Arabica beans, Oh, right? I've seen it on their <laughs> billboards, and I'm like, good job, guys. Wow. Fun fact, though, um, their uh, cupping sessions and their quality control for McDonald's is fucking immaculate. And as a coffee nerd yeah. myself, like, I've watched the video. The woman, the woman that's in control of the coffee quality QC oh. for McDonald's is this tiny little woman of color, by the way. And she's just, like, boss slurping through all the coffees. And I'm like, it, like, literally brought me back to flashbacks of when I, when I went to Guatemala and I saw the little old ladies doing the cupping there. And I'm like, these fucking boss bitches have been drinking coffee their whole fucking life. And they're just, meh, meh, just aggressive Spanish and just, meh, 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 just slurping like a crazy person. But it's amazing. Um, yeah, they, there was footage of people doing all the QC for McDonald's coffee. And I'm like, that's cool. It's fucking good. I wonder how it's many. It's just blended to what they want. It's the grade that what they want. It's consistency, uniform. Efficiency. It's, it's literally just like Starbucks, man. Like, so it is what it is. To end the section, I just wonder how many spicy foods the woman who invented hot Cheetos ate. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Go buy the newest book at Target about the invention of hot Cheetos by the Mexican janitor. Oh man, bye. <laughs>
obviously we're both still in the midst of it. I've learned from all my older friends that you're never out of the, <laughs> you're never in the clear when it comes to becoming an adult because I have adult friends who are like always talking to people who are older than them. And they're like, yeah, well, they're old, so they're crazy. I'm like, ma'am, you're 60 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am. But, yeah, so it's very interesting to hear about, like, how everyone perceives their lives and their age and what what things mean. Uh, I am 25. I'm going to be 26 in less than a month. Uh, Megs, you're 33. 32. Ah, 32. Almost, almost 33. 33 by the end of the year. I'm looking forward to 33 because yes. 3 is my lucky number. So I turned 33 on the 3rd. So I didn't get to enjoy nice. my, my golden birthday, which was the 3rd because I don't remember it. But like you know I think like a double golden birthday sounds pretty tall. I'll be 26. You know 6 divided by 2 equals 3. So yeah, <laughs> we're basically on the 3 in the three, three is realm. an excellent magic number. Honestly, I I agree. I am School also. Schoolhouse Rock said that three is a magic number. I was born at nine thirty six, so I feel you. Mm. I, I I saw divide three by three. Yep, I saw my um seven seven two seven plus two equals nine divided by three equals three. <laughs> you know, there's, there's math for everything, but yeah, I agree that yeah. three is. A good I was number. born according to my mother because I just checked in with her today. I was born around three a.m. on the third, mm-hmm. so during an earthquake, she said. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was also. It's funny. I grew up in Texas throughout my entire life, but I happened to be born in California. Uh, yeah, I was born not too far away from here. I was born 20 minutes away from here. And that is wild to me because I've only known Texas as home. But the fact that I am now ended up to like close to where I was born is a trip. What what made your parents come here for a hot second? They hated their parents. I'm kidding. My mom hated her parents and my dad got offered a good job. And also Texas was affordable. Mm. And so they're like, all right, well, um... My mom needs a break from her parents. My dad has opportunities and he's smart. And Texas is a good state. Let's just move to Texas. So they moved to Texas because I had a really good education system for the most part. Uh, Like a lot of people there were of my parents' demographic. They were like Christian, like new parents and white. Well, actually in San Antonio, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, I don't know. They they felt comfortable enough to move there. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's why people are moving to Austin now. That's why people are moving to Nashville now. Yeah. I I'm talking to you, sirs and madams. That's why a lot of people from California, Stop moving to Austin, right anyway. now are moving to Austin and Tennessee. Stop I see it. you. I see you. I see you. You know what's funny is that my friends from Austin are moving to Nashville. <laughs> it's not gonna get any better, friends. Here's You're the moving thing: the wrong way. This is a hot take. I'm kidding, um, I love you. If I'm going to move to the South, and Nashville is part of the South, mm-hmm. believe it or not, ladies and gents, when you are a of a liberal descent and you move into a Southern state, I don't care if your one city is liberal or even moderate to begin with, you're still in a conservative you're state. You're stuck in a conservative state, and so your votes kind of feel a little bit more depressing than usual. Yeah. So, I, I promise so you that. So when I move out of California, and I will, mm-hmm. I'm going into the middle of buttfuck nowhere to where I won't feel as bad when my vote doesn't count because mm-hmm. I'll be in the middle of nowhere, and I'll be mm-hmm. living off the land, and it'll be fine. You're like, I only have one representative. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm straight up looking at, like, middle of... I don't have a rep- 
represent. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. You should I mean, always have represent. I'm at a point now where if I was offered a job in Alaska, I would probably go Ooh, and Alaska's be like, you cool, know what? Though. It's very pretty out there. Yeah. Wyoming's very beautiful. Freaking um, Illinois is looking pretty tight right now as well. So, speaking of voting, <laughs> when you when you turn eighteen, you can vote. Uh, however, when I was eighteen, I definitely did not have my shit together. Uh, and I kind of want to pose the question: At what point did you feel like you were an adult? So that's an interesting question. So, mm-hmm. so the phrase "adulting," I always find fascinating because. When you think about it, when you're young, when you're a young person, mm-hmm. you think, "Oh, I'm going to accomplish this by this time. This is when you're allowed to." And you're also told at a very young age too, like when you're an eight, when you turn eighteen, you are officially an adult. Mm-hmm. You can buy cigarettes. You can buy cigarettes. You join can vote. You can join the army. All these kinds of things. Can't drink. Can't drink though. <laughs> but Sorry, you are you officially tried as adult. If you commit murder at eighteen. You can be tried as an adult. If you commit murder at 17 and then then get convicted, you could also be tried for an adult because it takes mm-hmm. a long-ass time to get said convictions. So, like, but do I consider myself an adult at 18? 100% no. <laughs> no. You are an adult. No. You are an adult in a legal sense, but are you actually, quote-unquote, adulting? Are you doing adult things? No. I wasn't living on my own at 18. Um, I was living with my dad from 17 onward. Was I paying rent? No. It's a high expectation to set, honestly. Yeah. 18, Um, you don't have your shit together. I don't care what it was like 50 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, I think what it goes down to for me is the phrase adulting is kind of loosey goosey because what is considered to be adult behavior and as to what is to be considered to be what makes a good adult is really the question. But then also being a good adult can also be a perspective. So for example, um, I definitely felt like I grew up fast as a young person because I did things on my own like an adult and I took care of myself in the best ways that I could as an adult, that some kids at that age, 16, 15, 13, however, however you like want to like group, if you started doing things that not normal 13-year-olds or 15-year-olds or 17-year-olds did, mm-hmm. that is actually what I would consider to be adulting. If you had a job at 16 years old, that is a considered to be an adulting mm-hmm. thing. If you did not yeah. have the luxury to go to school full time and to be a kid, if you had to watch your siblings, if your parents worked and you were a latchkey kid, that is what I would consider to be mild adulting behavior. Mm-hmm. Are you an adult? Absolutely, you're not. Um, so I did take care of myself and I did pay bills and do all these things that like some other friends and um, co-workers and even colleagues at my little teen job didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. So everyone's growing up story is different. Yeah. So, but that does, I don't consider those things to be like what made me an adult. Um, what really made me feel like an adult was really taking charge of my own life. And that kind of took time mm-hmm. in a sense of like, you can't control everything because like, whether you like it to admit it or not, it's very rare nowadays that a, a parent is going to completely let go of their, par- of their child. Um, 
I pay for probably 90% of the things that I do these days. Mm-hmm. But I also know that if I reached out to my mother or father and was like, hey, you want to spot me a couple hundred bucks because I'm short on rent, they would do that for me. Mm-hmm. Have I done that? Absolutely not. Do I pay my own car insurance? I actually don't. <laughs> it's the one thing I don't do. Anyway, I don't and, pay my phone bill, so. And, and that's because. We're all out or one And day. that's because my, I'm on my dad's plan, and he has a very lovely plan, and it just works out for everyone. But I pay, I've paid my phone bill since I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I've paid rent since I was, you know, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid rent at my own parents' house. It's just, it's. So, like, I don't, I want to know what society wants to think is, like, adulting is, like, when you're just taking care of everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Or the general phrasing is usually, like, oh, I did laundry today, hashtag yeah, adulting. Yeah, see, I, I, I think, I, even though it's my own question, I do agree. <laughs> I yeah, agree. so it's a good question. Long um, story short is it's really just kind of a flexible kind of construct. Air, for sure, because, like, I am very, very similar in the way that you think. I thought adulting was when I started paying for my own stuff. So when like I start, everything, but have you paid for anything? Oh, everything okay. ever? That's a lie. No, I have not. Yeah. Like, for example, I was just saying that I don't pay for my phone bill. So yeah, I'm now 25. And but I'm not I, I agree with you. Bill. Is when you were younger, you think when you're in charge of your whole entire life, that's when you're officially an adult, right? Yeah, that's I think just, so. just not necessarily I, I had, the case. I had a job when I was 16. And that was not adulting in the slightest. I worked at a fucking barbecue place and I wiped tables. That's not adulting. I'm so yeah, sorry. That I was still living in my parents' house. I still had high school to worry about. Um, I only felt like I was adulting when, honestly, I can pinpoint it. It was when I was 20, almost 21 years old. I was in college. I was working full time and I was going to school. And I was paying for everything minus my phone bill. I was paying for my rent. I was paying for school. I was paying for everything under the sun. Uh, my dad liked to fill up my gas tank every so often, but that's it. But there was a summer when I told my dad. So usually for summer for both high school and college. High school, you're home for sure at home. Just mm-hmm. with your parents, family, you chill. College, it's kind of up in the air. You're, college you're, college is limbo for adulting. It is. It is. And so it's like you don't have to work. You have way more hours allocating your week to uh, not be doing anything or you're working. Um, and so in college, there was a year I lived and I went to school in a city that was three and a half hours away from where my parents lived. And there was a summer where I was like, hey. I like my job in my current city. I'm going to stay in my current city for the summer. And that was wild. I stayed there in that city. And because it was such a college town, it was empty for the summer. Mm-hmm. And I was there and I was working. I was living. I was paying rent. And I was taking care of myself. I took 21 of them, my first bottle of vodka. And I was just like in that <laughs> in that summer, I was like, I am adulting. Because it was true. I was taking care of myself. I bought my groceries, fed myself, uh, worked my um, seven to four. I went home. 
uh, got to relax, I was like, this is it. This is adulting. I don't have to go home to my family. I had the same thing too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, even though I had those little fluctuations of like parents are paying for things at this point or whatever, I had that similar experience when I was like, like 19 or 22, around the same college age. Yeah. When you're in college is when you first get a glimpse of taking care of yourself entirely, even though you have a little blip of like, oh, here's a little extra cash or here's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, if you're, I was paying for groceries. I was, you know, paying my rent. Haircut. I was doing all the haircut. <laughs> so when you start kind of paying yourself, paying for yourself, that's when you start to feel the feelings of adulting. Mm-hmm. The, the type responsibility of, the of, type of responsibilities that aren't, I go to school and go home. I think that's when the, the register clicks of quote unquote adulting. What becomes a problem is now the pressures that come with it where it's like, mm-hmm. am I adulting enough? Yes. And I think that especially nowadays has become the crisis of a lot of millennials and young people in general is the pressure to do everything and and be everything. Yeah. And I'm almost Which is hap- just fucking hard. It's very, very hard. And I'm almost happy. <laughs> it's funny. It's uh, having a childhood that's very hard. Having a childhood where things are moving at 100 miles per hour. I grew up very fast. And so I am now 25. However, I feel almost as if I'm five years older. Mm-hmm. Just with all the shit I've dealt with in my life. But I'm also almost grateful for it in that I'm starting to think of things in the long run and thinking about my future and what adulting means. And honestly, I think adulting too is in a way thinking about your future and thinking about kind of like how you want to set yourself up for success. Yeah. So when you get a job, you learn no matter what kind of job you have, one of the ultimate goals you have is how to set yourself and your team up for success. And so I've kind of, it's so funny how the work environment molds your shape of life. How, um, but it's true, like for me, I've started thinking about my life in the aspect, like my life as if it were a job, how do I set myself up for success? I'm like, well, I need to start doing this now to prep for this day, do this at that point to prep up for this point in my life. And it's kind of been very, very helpful. I'm almost happy I'm thinking about it now when I'm 25. That like, oh, what kind of life do I want to live when I'm 65? I better start doing this now. Yeah. No, um, I, I definitely had that whole experience as well. So I yeah. feel that for you. So it, it's 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 cool. But like adulting is also very scary. And that there's so many things. There's so many things to learn about life that you didn't get taught in high school or middle school by your parents like I never got taught about taxes I had to figure that out for myself I had to figure out um, retirement plans for myself 401ks I still to be fair I still don't know what a 401k is um (laughs) but like what stocks are and how to manage your funds how to budget it's there's so many little tiny things to think about when it comes to adulting and like careers Mm -hmm. like career that is my current focus point like what does a career mean is it something that we have to focus our life around is it something that is nice to have but not necessary <sighs> career is also a perspective yeah. too I actually was talking about this with my coworker today um I have been in my current industry for over 16 years now mm-hmm. 
And um, I am very lucky. Um, I actually have made a career out of the path that I've chosen. It's very hard to do, but it is very possible. Do you see yourself doing it until you're 60? Here's the thing. I work a very heavy labor job. So do I see myself physically doing it? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect that from any person, even a large man. I am a small woman. So (laughs) like... It's one of those things where, like, I have been in this industry for a very long time, and I've worked very hard into what I do, mm-hmm. but what I've done throughout my industry is learn different aspects of different parts of this industry. Yeah. Therefore, my resume is fucking dope, which means I can go and be like, I can get this job if I want to, if I can get this job if I want to, mm-hmm. depends on pay and location. And I've been very lucky to where I've moved forward into my career and I've never gone down in pay. I've made a point for that because I know I'm worthy of that. My experience alone speaks for itself. But it's also like you know your worth in your job and whether it's manual labor or otherwise, you, your, your, your value is, matters. Mm-hmm. So do I expect to do this manual labor aspect of my career for my entire life? Absolutely not. I, my back hurts now and I'm 32. <laughs> yeah. So, but that being said, I knew that was going to happen when I was in, you know, my twenties when I got into this career. So I leaned into other aspects, whether it was, you know, managing or consulting or all so, this kind of stuff. I have so a question. Yeah. Yes. If you can go back 10 years, would you tell yourself to do anything differently? Maybe, maybe, maybe try school a little bit harder. I know school was just, it's not for everyone, and it definitely wasn't for me. What were you going to school for? I was going to school for graphic design. Um, I don't have the attention span or the focus to really create things, and we just talked about my Starscape thing where I talked about my perfectionism, so... Um, I am, I am a creative person, but I lack the focus to create and finish projects. Mm -hmm. If I eventually finish a project, then I'm really, uh, then I'm really happy or I'm picky about it. So I, I wasn't meant to be an artist, Mm. um, because there's always something to kind of like tweak or whatever or whatever. So, but I also just like to create just for fun. So having that be a career was not going to be down for me. I wasn't going to ever be happy. Um, I am good at a skill, a manual craft. And so f- when I didn't do well in graphic design school, I was looking into trade schools, whether it meant like ultrasound or some sort of tech tech position. job, mm-hmm. um, a technician of sorts. And so I was leaning towards ultrasound or x-ray or things like that. And then I kind of fell into the industry where I'm at now. And it's very like hands-on and technical and a specialty kind of vibe. So then I learned that way, and then after seven years of that side of the craft, then I started to see other realms that I could kind of go into, and I also have a background in education and teaching, so uh, I also used to do teaching at high school for, like, theater and lighting design as well, so, like, having that, like, conversation with people and really connecting and showing them, like, the the magic that is what I do and mm-hmm. the science behind it. I, I like to nerd out about stuff. So, like, it appealed to me in that way. So I was able to go down that route of education and, like, all that sort of teaching stuff was really cool. I also ventured into the sales realm of it as well and was able to um, talk about different products and things like yeah. that. So there's so many different aspects of just my career alone 
but if you think about like the baseline of it, it is basically like a, a standard entry level, I mean, without going into detail, a food level industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people kind of like talk down on it. But I'm also very proud of myself as I, I basically took a food industry entry level job at 17 years old and made it into a career at 32. Yeah. Where I'm able to pay my bills, have health insurance, have 401k, have all these things yeah. and quote unquote be adulting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fascinating. Like today, like someone was like, oh, like, are you tired of this? And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I've been doing it for 17 years now at this point. I mean, I don't hate it yeah you know i i really I, why would i stick with it for so long if i really I didn't it. like it yeah, that's true and they're like oh wow like and i also like i also work in a very male-dominated field too without going into detail so i think guys also get kind of thrown off when they do like the whole warehouse tour and they see me <laughs> a small woman and then i'll say something and they kind of like will undermine what i say that's and it's annoying. just like, you know what? Like, then why ask the question if you don't mm-hmm. want the answer? Mm-hmm. And then there's other then there's other situations, too, though, where I get the opposite, where I'll say something and they're like, wow, like, you know so much. I'm so impressed. And I'm like, thank, thank you, you for acknowledging <laughs> that I've work. worked very hard for what I do. And yes, you can do it. You can make a career out of anything, really. Long story short. So I guess, really, when it comes to adulting, if you, like, think about it, I would hope that we all just, as a message for everyone to know that like there's so much, there's so many factors that come to being an adult Mm -hmm. and ultimately really comes down to the decisions you make. Whether it be good decisions or bad decisions, these are all adult decisions. And what considers to be adult decisions are what form your life. And we all learn from all of them, right? Good and bad. Yeah. So really when it comes down to is I, there's a lot of pressures that go on with like what would be considered to be proper adulting or otherwise. And I guess if you would like, if I could go back and be, talk to like 10 year old Megan, Mm -hmm. 10 years old. (laughs) 10 years ago, Megan. 10 years ago, Megan. Not 10 year old Megan. 10 year old Megan would be. 10-year-old Megan would be very concerned that I was She'd talking be like, about. Huh? She'd be like, um, I'm watching Sailor Moon. Leave me alone. I'm in third grade. What are yeah. you talking Excuse about? Excuse me. Um, I don't know multiplication yet. I'm just no, try- never mind. Yeah, I'm I just trying know. to like learn all the what is what do you learn in third grade? The fucking uh, um, third grade was like all the states shit. No, that was fourth grade. No, third grade. No, third grade. I did learn. Oh, shoot, you're right. Oh, in fourth grade, we learned about the California... Anyway. No, oh, yeah, in fifth grade, I learned about Texas history. Yeah, you. there's always a state... Like, There's always a state. Mm-hmm. There's always a, a year that you usually do all the different we'll things do from a your state. Texas history versus California history. Oh, my God. Day. Oh, I could tell you so many fun stories. Did anyway. we have the Alamo? Oh, man. <laughs> you had like You had, like, the Pioneer Week, right? Huh? You had Pioneer Week? I had Fiesta. Oh, you had Fiesta. Whoa, <laughs> fancy. Oh, man. We'll have to do like a Texas versus California growing up. That's going to mm-hmm. be hilarious. Anyway, so, so if I could tell like 10 years ago, 23-year-old Megan, first off, I'd be like, first off, this boy is trash. Don't talk to him. Don't ever. possess. <laughs> um, also, be nice to your dad. 
That would yeah, be the other so thing. I would tell myself the same exact thing. Be nice to your dad. Be nice to your dad. He's trying his best. He's trying his best. He's letting you stay at his apartment. Like, let it be. Um, another thing, too, is just, like, maybe give school another try. You tried really hard, and then you got distracted by a boy. Don't do that. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I would like to have had a little bit more education, not just because of because my career would have nothing to do with my education. It's just the fact of it's more of a personal thing for me. Mm-hmm. I was also really good at school as a kid and then got really shitty as a teen. So, like, I know I'm smart. I just don't have the diplomas to prove it, so that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, be more of, like... Which I think it shouldn't bother you because as someone who has a diploma... I meet people who don't have diplomas, and I call it, I, I've told my friends, I hate that I say this, but I call it the twinkle in the eye. I'm like, I meet people who have twinkles in their eyes, and I know that they're just as special as any person who has a diploma. Just because, like, there is something about a person who is not only intelligent, but someone who is very real and acknowledges, like, I think acknowledging your reality and knowing how to make it better or worse or just being cognizant in general is a skill because not everyone is like that oh yeah no i agree i have a twinkle i think what that friend is a twinkle i think what it comes down to is i knew that i could be a successful quote-unquote adult without necessarily having that diploma because Mm -hmm. i was always a trade kind of and studies show that like you could do very well with that diploma yeah so you're fine you can learn as you can be a certificate and become an electrician and make way more money than both of us combined. Mm-hmm. So it's it really depends on like I think what I would like to do is is talk to my younger self and be like, what do you want to do? If this is the route you want to do, I hundredly support that. So all of you young folk out there that are just unsure of what to do, I mean College is always a great place to find what you want to do, mm-hmm. but then also think of other opportunities to just like, you know, talk with new people, network, get Dude, a side job. Yes, 100%. Do I wish all I did the, things. the same exact thing. And um, know that we are kind of still figuring it out as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as someone who I graduated with a degree that is technically very, it's impressive, but I'm not proud of it in, sli- in the slightest. Because I don't like my degree. It's mathematics, right? Uh, mathematics and uh, economics. That's tight. Super tight. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. I fucking hated it. And um, so, like, I, I always think... Okay, it's, think, it's, it's better than um, communications. Yeah, I I'm going to just middle finger again, all I those know. sorority girls with communications majors. And it's so funny. Eat my ass, communications I close, majors. I have a very close friend who told me, that, like... <laughs> I watched their communications and I only agreed with her because she graduated in a degree that's only slightly better than communications, but not her passion where communications she would have done well in. So I'm all for going after your passion. Is your If your passion is communications, especially if you're able to move it to a corporate sense, good for you. Yeah, what's, make that what, money. What's it, what benefits a communications? But you know what's funny is that not – so it's kind of a funny degree in a sense. Like communications, yeah. well, I know how to talk to people. The thing is that people in a corporate environment or in... The major in marketing. True. Yes, you can. But, like, communications... It Honestly, any liberal arts degree, in a sense, is supposed to be broad spectrum so you can go into any sort of career that you want to. 
That's fair. I mean, I have no Literally leg to stand on. I went to graphic design yeah, school. It's fine. These are a flag to your employers. It says, hello, I can sit at a desk and work on one thing for four years and finish it. You're welcome. I'm reliable. That's yeah. lit- I took an economics of education degree. Uh, oh, my God. Class. Class. Or for my degree. Uh, and uh, in that class, I learned that majority of the time, if it's not a specialized degree, such as accounting, engineering, whatever, um, far, like pharma, uh, people who go to a pharmacy school, doctors, whatever, yeah. um, basically a degree is a flag to employer that says you can be trained and that's you right. can stick to a job. And so uh, that's how I see my current degree. My degree means that I sat in math classes for four years in social sciences and I'm fine. Um, do I feel passionate about it? Not in the slightest. However, that's something I wish I would have told my old self because as I get older, as I'm now 25, I'm realizing, wow, I actually really would have enjoyed this. I really would have enjoyed this and I wish I pursued it as a professional degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very, very close friend of mine who is currently, <laughs> if you're listening, don't do it. Follow your heart. They are doing they are getting economics degree because they saw me get an economics degree and they thought that this was my vision of success oh and i'm telling them no it's not one met my economics degree means nothing without a phd or master's two they have a passion for another social science psychology (laughs) psychology is the same exact thing as economics in that it's a science it's it's a, a study of how people think about things for economics it's about consumers right. for psychology it's about your own physical no physical and mental i guess well-being um and so i'm trying to tell them hey if you're passionate about psychology and not economics go after psychology it's the same thing but they're worried if it's gonna be the best decision in the long run and honestly this so Going back to adulting, think about your goals as an adult. Yeah. What's your long run goal? Is it like overall well being, mental happiness? Like I went after my passion, or is it that you know what I didn't go after my passion, but I went after a route that I knew would make me more financially successful and that makes me happier in the long run. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. You also, think about everything. it goes with your your life timeline too. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm at a point now in my career where I've worked very hard to where I'm at. And mm-hmm. I have I see people that have degrees that are kind of in the same boat as me in like kind of the science realm of what I do. Mm-hmm. And there are people that have gotten a lot more science-y stuff. And I've just learned on the job where they've learned in a more science-focused mm-hmm. lab experiment mm-hmm. type of realm. But here's the thing that I want to remind people is it took me – 15 16 years of networking and actual like physical networking is so important networking and also learning on the job so when you learn four years in college you learn it and then you have that degree and that's Mm -hmm. what significates you into um a job entry level or otherwise for me it took my years of experience to equate said degree. Mm -hmm. So if you want to accomplish certain things by a certain age, and granted, I'm not old, I'm only 32, but I'm just saying if you want to like, if you have a specific timeline of like, I want to do this by this age. I want to go trap. I want all these things. You don't want to just like work yourself to death all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, these things can throw a monkey wrench into your plans where, yes, you can be successful, 
but you may not reach the goal at 25 or 26. Yeah, and that's that's a a great point to make is that there is no time limit on what your success is going to be at. Right. So, uh, like, I am 25 and I want to change my career, and so I'm obviously making steps towards changing it, and I would love to share the advice that I have gotten um, in my journey of wanting to change from one career to another, because it sounds very intimidating, is that, like... Honestly, there are people, no matter what age you are, there are people who are on your side. There are people who have the job that you want, right? So you can go onto LinkedIn, you can go onto Facebook, ideally LinkedIn, and you find these people, you add them as a connection, and then you're like, hey, can I, can I buy you a coffee? Can I buy you lunch, dinner? And you just sit down with me for an hour, and you tell me about how you got to where you are currently and what skills make a successful person in your field. And I think that is honestly an A-plus way to get into a new career. Because nothing like first-hand experience, first-hand knowledge of the path that you want to go down and hear from the first-hand source, like, yes, this is the good career for you, or like, you know what, I enjoy this, but you will not because a b and c you know oh yeah um a hundred percent so i'm really excited like once i know what i want to do i'm gonna find people in my area and do exactly that is reach out and be like hey would i actually do well in this and honestly i don't care what degrees at this point Mm -hmm. or what experience networking has been the number one way i've gotten every initiative every single one of my jobs Mm -hmm. even the ones that i just wanted to in order to like direct me into the path that i'm currently at now when i was working like my little piddling job at 20 years old i would bug one of the people that worked there and was like hey can you teach me how to do that? Mm-hmm. Can I learn that? And then they were like, well, I can't pay you. And I'm like, well, I'll just do it after work. Can you show me? Mm-hmm. And that's what led me towards this like goal where I'm at now where I'm like, I started working for them part time and then I met this person and then I talked to this person and that's this awesome. person and that one. Mm-hmm. And so like every single one of my jobs has been through a network. And that's because, and I've actually had people reach out to me. When I first was leaving Southern California to go work for the Bay Area, I didn't reach for that job. I was happy at that job. I was a little butthurt because I wasn't promoted mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of was like, well, I've been here for seven years. I guess I'll stick it out and maybe I'll change their mind. And I had just had a meeting with like one of the managers and was just like, well, they denied me, but maybe I'll just stick it out. And then like two days later, someone reached out to me and was like, you want a job? That's so cool. And I was like, how much are you going to pay me? And they're like, we'll pay you this much more than what you're getting paid now. And I was like, goodbye. Bye. And that literally skyrocketed me into where I'm at now where, like, the same thing happened. Where, like, every single job since then has been, like, oh, what are you doing? Do you want to work for me? Like, are you – oh, I see you're changing jobs. Do you want to work for me? So it's – or you're moving. You want to work – so, like, I've never – it sounds weird, but I've never had to – find a job in the last that's like, really cool in the that's last cool. like six years oh my gosh and that's what i'm kind of looking forward to is that if i make connections with the right people yeah you get street cred it, it it's tight start. yeah skywriting yourself into success sounds amazing so i think that is something so i come from a shy girl background mm-hmm. like when i was in school i didn't talk to people and i fucking hated it because i was at the point in my life i was not emotionally ready to be in school 
Like, if I started school when I was 26, I would have been fucking, oh my god, I can't even imagine where I'd be at. Because I would have been into my statistics class. I would have been in my professor's classroom. Because now I know how to talk to people. Now I feel comfortable with who I am as an individual. Yeah. And so, like, if you're not 100% confident in yourself, that's another thing I would say maybe wait off on school. Because school takes a lot of confidence. And honestly, like, I've seen other people go back to the back to school in their 30s mm-hmm. in their 40s and they freaking they're killing thrive, it and they're yeah killing i see it. people like that too at my university and I'm like, oh man i wish i had that dude i was going yeah i was going to a top university in texas and uh i had a couple people in several classes who were in their um later 30s and these are the people they were they I knew that now that I'm older, I recognize that they have been through some shit. They understand how life works. They were sitting in the front row. Mm -hmm. They were asking all the questions. They were at all of the meetings. And now I know why. Because they're like me. And they were 26 and they realized, damn, I wish I had done that. Or they recognized the, the worth, like how much it's worth to be there and in the moment. And man, I wish I had that like I think four years it's ago. It's an excellent point too because it really talks about like how we all grow as humans yeah, and as an adults. But sure. also it really brings to light the pressures we put on young people. We put a lot of pressure. I have been told since fucking... What, fifth grade? Like at least fourth kindergarten? or fifth grade? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> what school do you want to go to? You need to make these grades in high school or no college will take you seriously. And, like, all these kind of things. And when, like, there's, like, a raging flash of hormones and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And we're given a bunch of books to read and things to analyze. It's just so much. There's so much that we put on our youth. And then when they finally have opinions and they rise up, we're like, no, you're too young and stupid. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, I can only imagine the youth these days being oh, incredibly yeah. frustrated. Because I was incredibly frustrated. And I still am. Me too. And, um... I think really what it comes down to is what makes a good adult is really really what makes you happy and a functioning adult. And mm-hmm. when I mean functioning, I mean you're paying your taxes, you're paying your bills, mm-hmm. you are eating... You're thinking through all your decisions for the most part. Yeah, you're, you're eating yeah. your three square meals a day, um, you have mild socialization, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you get through life not causing too much trouble. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's so much more to life than just going through the motions, too. And so, like, I think the whole pressures that we put on, like, being a proper adult really would be like, okay, yeah, like, you do all the things. But are you able to do those things or at least some of those things and be happy? Mm -hmm. Can you take one of those things away very slightly and then be happier? Like, I mean... Trying to think of what I could take away. I mean, I work a freaking heck ton at this point. I would like to be able to work a little bit less to be able to experience life a little bit more because one thing that I'm so bummed about in my career choices and the fact that I didn't do a lot of school is I worked a lot. Yeah, I gained a lot of experience and now I'm at where I'm at today, but I didn't really get to do all the things that I want to do in my youth. And so now, as you know, a thirty-two-year-old, I'm like, oh, I wish I yeah, had done your this. Life is, okay, I so wish you I had, up- you know, gone to Cancun randomly mm-hmm. at nineteen, or I went to with this concert. Or I've never oh, been so to, 
you know, freaking Coachella, like yeah. all this kind of shit. And that is something that I'm so glad you brought that up because we're right right now we're kind of going towards the career route. But another thing about adulting is recognizing too that you have one life to live and this is it. And yeah, but you then can't you can't only live for like but your life can't be over when you have a job. You know yes, what I mean? That's what for sure. so frustrating. There there was a time, there was a time when I was uh, I was working really hard for my current job and uh, I was really proud of the work I had done. And I, I asked someone for their help and then we finished the project together. And I was like, wow, cool. I'm like, teamwork really makes the dream work, you know? Yeah. As like a cheesy saying. And my, you know what my coworker said? <laughs> he was like, yeah, well, whose dream? And yeah. that shit hit me hard. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, you're oh, so yeah. Right. I literally spent my whole this 20s. Is my dream. Yeah, my this whole my life. My whole 20s was just gone. Yes, I earned an incredible amount of experience. Mm-hmm. I networked a shit ton. Yeah. I did all these things and I got to be where I'm at today. But it's not just for you. But now I'm like, I'm not I'm at a point where I'm like, well, actually, now I have PTO. Mm-hmm. I have stuff. I can <gasps> I can go do all the things I want. So all I want to do now is freaking travel. like travel and experience Thanks, life. COVID. Just and then COVID fucked that over. Yeah, but you know what? Not We're to mention. We're to save our money for but those But also, travels. and then at the same time is around the same corners too is when I started getting all these pressures of like settling down, getting married, having kids, mm-hmm. all these things all kind of conglomerate into one big, you need to accomplish all. So that's when the whole timeline thing starts to piss you off. Yeah. So one message I could say is adult the best way you can, live the best way you live. Try and, I mean, have some form of, like, I want to accomplish goals. But, yeah, think of things long term. don't put too much pressure on yourself. Because yes. I'm, I'm currently struggling with this. Because, yes, I have PTO. I have 401k. I have all these, like, things that I'm slowly building up to where I can be a happy old person. But it doesn't person. have to consume your everyday life. But I have regrets. Yeah. I didn't get to do all the fun, dumb things when I was younger because I was busy working mm-hmm. all the time. And I also, like... Because I was working so much, you could even say, hey, maybe that's why you didn't meet anyone and now you don't have any kids. So it's just like, there's all, we all make life choices. There's no wrong path you choose. Mm -hmm. Eventually, if you really want that goal, you will achieve said goal. And I'm not hung up on my choices. I'm actually proud of a lot of my choices. Same. And, um... I think we can be happy because we, we, we're just, satisfied where we are today. Yeah, it's the societal yeah. pressures that just kind of get to you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, really, for me, it's a lot of, like, personal stuff. I've done so well for myself that I would just like to share it with someone or something. You but then maybe someone, you know. someday someone will reach out to you on LinkedIn and then be like, hey, Megs. Can I sit down with you and buy you a coffee? You're like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> he why better, not? He better be a CEO of a... Like a Fortune Pepsi Cola. Four, 500, whatever it's fucking company. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I, I, I like this episode because I think adulting is hard. And adulting is hard. Ends. Have a white claw. Have a white claw. Have a tobishiko. Have your truly. Fuck it. Have your $5 wine. Yeah. Have some it's two fine. buck chuck. It's fine. Are you happy? Yeah. Are that's, you? That's the main question. That's what we're, yeah, that's what we're really weighing on right now is like, how happy are you? Cause I'm okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm pretty like in, in, I, in, throughout, despite all of the bullshit that happens throughout the week, I am pretty happy with life. I'm I'm actually genuinely happy. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, like fuck. 
fuck life, fuck everyone. But I like, think, saying, I yeah, mean, I'm ultimately, I mean, y- y'all heard me. I'm pretty grumpy and salty about a lot of stuff. Life is good, though. But genuinely, if I, like, look through my life, I'm like, I actually really don't things have a lot of things cool. to complain about. Yeah. So it's like, life is good. Have a beer. You know what? Have a like, beer and cheers. Yeah. And, oh, we haven't done a cheers in a very long I time. I know. It's hard. I know. I, I kind of let go of the pressure. I'm like, I don't want to worry about it. Cheers to the beers and the fears of life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to uh, episode 11. Woo. Lucky. It's, it's, no, 11's not. It's, it's 7-11. Yeah, I'm sure it's, a, it's, a, it's lucky to some people. Yeah. Anyway, bye.